right. Take two. Take two. All right. <laughs> I wonder how many of our episodes start with take two. <laughs> More than we probably want to go into. But uh, um, hi, y'all. This is Black Chick Lit. I'm Danny. And I'm Molly. And we're back after a brief delay. But yes. uh, as long as we're here, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we would never abandon you. <laughs> I also don't want to know the number of episodes where he, we have reassured people <laughs> that we would not abandon them. Um, but how has your week been going? Yeah, it's going. Uh, it's hot here. Um, so if we, this is actually take two. I had to go turn the AC off. <laughs> it is death here. Like I went outside on Thursday or Thursday, and like the grass was crying, and I just turned around and went back inside. I was like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> like I don't need this. I I did at one point like physically wilt. Like oh, no. it was sad. But um, yeah, I'm back in the closet. It's pretty cool in here. So that's good. Yeah. But um, let's talk about before we get into the book. We did have a few little things we wanted to talk about. The first of one of our favorite sci-fi authors getting. Yeah like i don't know not diss but like sort of there's a word for what happened and i can't think about it just sort of yes i think we should start by saying you know like the actual accomplishment because like i feel like when i first saw it like i first saw it as Nettie okafor um is having um one of her books who fears death turned into an hbo um series and the executive producer is george r r martin i was like what that sounds awesome yeah that's pretty neat yeah so we are like i'm very very excited for that yay um, nettie yeah right unfortunately there was some fuckery <laughs> vice magazine on twitter yes when they shared this news they neither mentioned nettie by name nor did they include her author credit on the title of her own book. They had cropped yeah, it they so cropped that it, it out. was cut out. And they only identified George R. R. Martin. Right. And since then, like, the response has been swift and but, brutal. Yeah, and their reaction to that response seems to be missing. Like, I have, yeah. not, I have not seen them come back and, like, even just do a retweet with, so and so, like the book by Nettie, like not even a whole new news tweet. And apparently, oh, Newsweek did it too. Did they? Yes, because mm. I'm looking through her feed. So both Newsweek and Vice are just like, oh, some African, an African book. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? So, um, so I will say that uh, I did see responses from the author of the Vice article, Lincoln Michael. Who oh. seems legit. At first I was like, mm, I don't know about this. And then I like, got on his like Twitter profile and I saw like pretty much everyone who's following us is following him. And I was like, well, if they're vouching for him, then okay. <laughs> but then he like the article the article itself did seem fine. Like straight up he says, Oh, this is Nettie, mm-hmm. you know, she's the sci-fi author. Um, and I guess that he's he freelances over there. So I feel like sometimes um, freelancers don't really have control over their headlines. Well, he so, probably doesn't. He probably doesn't have control of the headlines or what's getting tweeted out. Those are probably yeah. two different people doing that job. So it seems like they picked the um, it seems like he gave it to his editor advice, editor advice. And the editor also didn't have control over the headline. And then they both re- like asked Vice to update it but i don't think that they did yeah and then um george r. r martin also came out and he's like no me and Nettie know each other um he's like 
you know, get your life together. Due, get your life together, basically. And he was also like, um, I'm producing this. He's like, I am not writing this. It already has a writer. I did not write this. It already has a writer. <laughs> He's like, I am not the executive producer. It already has an executive producer. He's like, get your shit together. Oh, really? Because a couple of these stories I'm looking at are crediting him as the executive producer. He says he is an executive producer, I think, uh. not the executive producer. I'm going to be perfectly honest and say I don't really fully understand all of the roles in television production. Like, Someone explain it to me, but... Yeah, in the same television podcast, but (laughs) but I am glad that happened. As someone who tweets professionally for a couple platforms, it could have been avoided. Like, her her name is, like, really easy to handle, and then, plus with the images, you could have just left it on the image of it's the book cover. It's so much I don't... easier just to, just to tweet the whole book cover than, yeah. to, than to crop out the name. Yeah, it's so much easier. I don't get it. So, uh, but I'm glad. But I do understand that the writer of the piece may not necessarily have control over the headline or the tweet. They probably have a separate social media person who just gets the stories and send them out, sends them out. Yeah. And then a separate editor who does headlines. So, yeah. Which I mean, it it just kind of sucks that it happened because (laughs) it's like the only better news I could have gotten is if actually, well, I was going to say Benty was being adapted, but on the one hand, George R. R. Martin, I think does have like a soft spot in his heart for spunky young female characters. But on the other hand, like, you know his most of his his books are like people getting horribly horribly killed yeah so i don't know if he would be the one to shepherd this (laughs) um but i do like that it's kind of this darker you know freakier thing going on and i i read a little bit of the synopsis of the book i think i'm going to read it before the end of the year who fears death and i think that that's a good way like a good a good thing to bring to hbo which is kind of known for taking dark stories and making them darker <laughs> so i wouldn't want them to take benti and make it darker because i'm like no don't do that to benti yeah and that's not the feel of that book the yeah. third the third book of the series is already on pre-sale for like four dollars <sighs> it is benti the night masquerade Ooh. so and she has a tweet at the top of her page like identifying the three of the trilogy so the first one is african girl leaves home the second one is african girl comes home and the third one is african girl becomes home so that's the gold trilogy we've got going on i like it yeah i'm excited for that one so it will be released um i think it said january 16th 2018 so you got some time to save four dollars so you you know what some of us might need it though i mean i i'm not throwing shade i definitely need it I, at one point this week, had all of six cents in my banking account nice. before I shifted some funds over. So You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that MBA is really getting put to work, ain't it? Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think, I thought there was something else, but I think maybe it was just all Binti news. I haven't well, had any other book news. Yeah, no other book news. But do you want to explain, like, one of the reasons why we couldn't record earlier? Because you were doing something super fun. Oh, class? Or the no. funeral? No, something fun. Maybe someone who was on a stage. Oh, I saw Jill <laughs> Scott this weekend. It was really great. She was a really good performance. Although, I will tell you this. People could not sit their asses down. Listen, this was at Fox Theater. It is like the same place where plays are put on. It is not a musical concert hall. Mm-mm. Everybody, all these you old people. Up. I'm going to be rude. No, not getting up to dance. 
getting up to go to the bathroom, oh. getting up to go get a drink. So then oh. you know, so you, then you know, everyone else in the row has to stand up so they can slide out. And I'm like, Ugh. come on, guys, this this concert lasts all of two hours. You couldn't hold it. You couldn't hold it for like the little amount of time it took for her to finish this set. Maybe oh not. Oh my gosh, it, it was, but it was still good though. I'm wearing my Jill Scott shirt now. Nice. I definitely recommend if she's coming to your town. I'd recommend going see. I love Jill Scott. She's a great. She's like the aspirational me. She's like the me if I ever get my shit together. Mm-hmm. She's the me I wish to be. Whereas I currently think I am Tracy. Like current me is Tracy from Chewing Gum. Aspirational me. <laughs> aspirational me is Jill Scott. Well, okay. I'm going to be rude for a second, but at least Tracy never tried to defend Bill Cosby. Like I know, oh. I know, I know that Jill Scott has like walked back those comments now and, you know, come back to the side of the light but let's not put tracy down <laughs> but yeah oh uh, i i forgot about that yeah uh jilly i like jill scott too like i, I saw her in concert Oof, it was like seven years ago and she's like rearranging her broads she's <laughs> like she's so hilarious. chill on stage and she's i think like very that's chill. where she's more comfortable Mm-hmm. Was it a small venue too? Because I haven't. I looked at all it the places was, she's performing. It's not like it's a stadium. Yeah, it was like an amphitheater. It was a Starlight in Kansas City. Yeah, and she opened for Maxwell. She wasn't even like the headliner. Ah, Maxwell's doing some shady stuff too. What he did something that said like we were all. He did. He didn't do something shady. He just said some like things that made people look at him sideways. Something like during Black History Month, where he was like. But we're all we're all humans. Something super hippie, and everyone was like, "Maxwell, please, like, just sit down." It's like Maxwell, relax. I'm not gonna call him out because I don't know the exact, and I don't feel like searching for it. But, <laughs> but okay. But that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about a book, a really yeah. good book. Yeah. I liked it. I liked we, it too. We read Samantha Irby's "We Are Never Meeting in Real Life," collection mm-hmm. of essays with an angry cat on the cover that everyone who saw me with this book had to stop and say something about. Oh, really? Yes. They're all like, you've got a cat on that book. Like, I don't know what it is. It's like, <laughs> yep. Yep, exactly. And I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say in response to that. So, yeah. I, I do like the cover a lot, actually. Because yeah. I, 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 I listened to the Audible, but I also bought the hard copy. You did? <laughs> I did. Because at first I was like, I'm going to read this in hard copy. And then it just came down to it. And I was like, I need to finish up like six hours in the car. So let's get that audible credit. Let's get that audible credit. I have been. I was thinking about challenging myself for the rest of the summer to only read like actual real physical books. Because I have so many on my shelf I haven't read. And I just keep checking things out on Overdrive or buying things on Audible even though I don't like audiobooks, but that's a different story. And it's like, I need to read these actual real life physical books. I have taken up all this space on the shelf. Yeah. So. Well, we all have our, our thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I did want to ask you before we get into it, uh-huh. what did you think about the audible? Cause I realized the pattern that generally I will read the book. I'll read the thing, whatever it is we're talking about, and you will audible the thing. And I think mm-hmm. it's nice to have like your input on what the audible experience is like, just in case. Uh, I know yeah. we do have some people who listen and who do the audible or the audio route. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I liked it. Um, so Samantha Irby did read it herself. Um, I was telling Danielle that I didn't always 
realize when the starts of essays were happening. (laughs) (laughs) But that might have been me not paying attention. But other than that, I like that, like, her voice was so much stronger because I realized as I was flipping through and just highlighting some passages that I'm kind of reading it in my own voice because it is really, really relatable, which isn't a bad thing. But it was nice to to actually hear her read her own words and to put the inflection in there and to get so much of her coming through, like, in the words themselves, but also in the performance. So I, I liked it a lot. I would recommend it. That's it. I was wondering like how much of the humor I was not getting because I was reading it like in my own head. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. I do not have like expert comedic timing. So maybe <laughs> something would have been funnier had it been read the way she meant it to sound. If that maybe. makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. She has a so. very, very dark sense of humor too. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> like, you know, some parts that I would have read and been like, oh man, like she would. And like the way she delivered it, I was really laughing. So there are multiple parts in this book where she talks about how much she really wants to die. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is getting <laughs> really like, dark. Is, once again, okay, we need, like, a big chalkboard that says Times Molly was wrong. And I, <laughs> if you go back and you'll hear me say, let's put hunger off a month after Beloved because I really want to laugh. I really want something lighthearted. And then I got to that um, chapter. I think it's it's either Happy Birthday. Is it Happy Birthday? With her father? Talks- yes. Yes. And I was, like, crying. Like, I was outside of Michael's, like, getting some yarn. And I was like, damn, this got me down. Yeah. <laughs> like, not to say the whole book is like that. There's, like, a couple chapters that, the one about the mother, the one about the cat. Yeah. That got me. Yeah. And so it does sort of, like, it's like emotional whiplash. But for the most part, it's pretty, it's pretty, like, funny doesn't seem to do it. Because it's not, like, laugh out loud roll on the floor funny it's like this kind of dry dark sense of humor that you sort of can relate to if you've ever like been broke and in your 20s or mm-hmm. dating some fuck boy or some other ridiculousness it's uh-huh. like yeah you gotta laugh because otherwise or some just- ashy lipped man who gets mad when you order crab cake <laughs> exactly <laughs> or choked up it's like uh i don't even want to get into that but uh <laughs> but yeah but it's like it's relatable yeah it's like and you just kind of laugh because it's so it's so true it's so close to home yeah but yeah so like we do usually we do a synopsis but Mm -hmm. because this one is sort of it's a collection of essays it's sort of all over the place we're not going to just do one but it's just a i did just want to say um it's a book of essays it was published in may 2017 and it's the examination of samantha irby's life as a queer disabled black woman living in chicago with a potentially evil cat and her girlfriend Mavis. I put potentially evil because the cat hasn't done anything as far as I can tell to deserve to be She was projecting a lot onto (laughs) Helen. I thought there were some biases there. But I love the voice. Like, there's several points throughout, you know, multiple essays where she's, like, talking to the cat. And the cat's, like, so fucking rude. Yeah, I I absolutely love the cat. What was the one where she's first introduced? I think that was, I marked that as one of my favorites. Oh, the miracle porker. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like I absolutely love this chapter because so she works at a um at a a vet a vet's office as a front desk help or front desk manager. I think she's like yeah, like the receptionist, and she yeah, and the assistant for the doctors. Yeah, so she uh, <laughs> she's like I hate animals. And I hate people who have animals. 
and they bring in this little kitten who like can't see and can't hear so they're like super uh, rude about it and they name her Helen Keller and everyone's like oh you know fawning all over and she just hates this cat the cat hates her and they're like well Samantha you should take her home because you know we don't you know she's like I can't lie to someone and say that this cat is perfect and doesn't need any help and it can't be around kids and it can't be around dogs it can't be around other cats so she ends up taking it in and the cat is just like this bitch the whole time I just loved how she doesn't say like the cat looked at her like it was saying what are you about bitch like it's written as if the cat actually turned its head (laughs) and was like what are you about bitch and just makes it 10 times funnier Right. Everyone loves the cat except for her. I mean, obviously, it seemed like she, like, had, uh, you know, affinity for this cat. I'm assuming maybe this is Helen on the front. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so it was like It's a stand-in for baby Helen Keller. Yeah. it's It's a frenemy relationship that I found quite funny. It was pretty great. So yeah, and like, so along with the essays about like her cat, there's essays about work, sex, her relationships, and sort of everything. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite one was I tended to sort of like really like the more emotional and serious ones a little bit more uh-huh. than the funnier ones because sometimes I got a little bit too sad and too relatable and I was like, I, I can't oh. laugh at this right now. I'm still experiencing it. But um, I really liked Happy Birthday, the one about her father. So... I like happy birthday and also fuck it, bitch, stay fat. But I want to talk about happy birthday. Okay. This is the one Molly mentioned at first. And it sort of talks about how, when she learned her father had passed away. Mm-hmm. So I believe it was the day before or the day of her 17th birthday. Mm-hmm. And she gets a phone call from the doctor and they're like, Samantha, your father is missing. And so she sort of talks about how she had this, she's the last child of two, I guess, adults who are like pretty well into middle age when they had her like she mm-hmm. like she has several a, older older siblings yeah and so but while growing up her father was an alcoholic maybe a drug addict i can't the details are blurring but definitely an alcoholic and um sort of it, violent because he she talks about how she remembers how this man punched her in the face in another episode when they're taking his remains to uh nashville which was an which interesting okay i was gonna say if happy birthday like that one gutted me but nashville hot chicken i think is like the one that like brought me back to life because i love that one we can talk about that one later but yeah well i think they're sort of related so happy birthday was just sort of like when she learns about his death her father had like a weak heart and he did nothing to take care of himself and And the doctor was going around on the bike looking for him and i was like oh no yeah after she gets the call her doctor who like apparently he only rides a bike he does not use a car was yeah. like driving through cities and like she pictured him talking to junkies trying to find out where he was but they eventually find him and he like dies of how he went out i don't know why i don't know if he was like had dementia i don't know if he was just yeah like, and he left drunk or stoned or whatever but he left whatever care facility he was in and he was missing for three days and they eventually found him where he had passed away from hypothermia and then she they end up cremating him and she keeps the remains in a box <laughs> with a bunch of Gap sweaters. I'm not going to say that I don't know some people who have done that. So, um, yeah, a lot of this, like, were, like, hard hits close to home. Yeah. But it is kind of sad hearing her talk about, like, how she she just, like, 
don't know. She did. She was obviously not close to her father. She didn't really. It doesn't seem like. It doesn't seem like she mourns him as much as she mourns the good sort of like father daughter relationship that she should have had. Yeah, because I don't know if it's in that one or Nashville Hot Chicken where she's like trying to think of something to thank him for, and she thanks him for like sitting sitting her on his knee and like cutting up her meat for her. Yeah, and I remember that was like a callback from like very early on, like one of the only good memories she has. When I tell you, I was like misting up. I wasn't like you know having an attack outside of the Michaels, but I was definitely like, damn. Yeah, it was. That was Nashville hot chicken, and I'm now I'm like sort of picturing you outside of a craft store, crying yeah, in your car. Yeah, because I was like, I because I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go get this yarn. I got this coupon, and I was like, okay, I'm getting close to the end. And I was like listening to it. I just sat there for a minute, and I was like, wow, that chapter. Yeah, the chapters oh. where she's serious, and I don't mean yeah. that to be like, I don't, I'm not trying to put down the humor. I just like the chapters where she was like talking about her emotions and things. I just really enjoyed a lot more than some of the funnier ones and happy birthday was one of them so like she deals with her father and then as we said in nashville hot chicken she has to get rid of the remains and it is sort of funny considering how dark it is darkly darkly funny yeah she and her girlfriend fiance wife i'm not sure what stage they were by this yeah i'm not sure at that point yeah they drive to nashville and they like have to get rid of these remains and they try to dump them into (laughs) somebody like water some river like some well, pond or something while hiding from skinny dipping teenagers only to discover that like they have been kept in the urn for so long that the ashes will not come out yeah and they end up like all over her like all in her mouth and like all in her hair and she's like it's just like it's it was like the perfect imagery for their relationship yeah it was a great end if i may quote her it was like sad trombone trombone. because it was just ridiculous it was like when that happened like i didn't know if i should laugh or cry it was just like damn and then the whole rest of the chapter is like what she and mavis did in nashville and how like it's kind of on her mind what she has to do and where her brothers are and i don't even remember her really mentioning her brothers until this chapter i think yeah they don't come up nor her sisters because um he had so when her parents got married they were both later in life her Uh mother had already had three other children with someone else and i think they said that he had sons by somebody else sons yeah Mm -hmm. and i remember like like some of the imagery was just so strong like she said it was the 70s and her mother like had the three little girls in pigtails and they're Mm -hmm. getting on the bus and her father's so charming it's like it's really it's like it's interesting but also tragic how she writes the love story between her mother and her father like considering how everything turned out like from that first instance of them all getting on the bus and flirting to him you know kind of abuse abusing the mother i guess it's elder abuse like he moved her out of the um care facility she was care facility so he could like cash her checks Mm -hmm. and then she like the mother like was so convinced like the oh you know my man's finally come back and my daughter is here like i get to be a family yeah and she like dies with that thought and it's like oh and then the father is like I don't know. He has like hobos in the basement. And somebody That's like, right. I forgot about yeah, that. They had he's like they a rented out shyster. the basement. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think the mother eventually does get put back in the home. Like she deteriorates oh, okay. to a point where they're like, 
no, she can't stay here. And they do put her back in a nursing home facility. Because I remember one detail that stands out for me is that after whatever had happened with his heart, he had, she couldn't remember if he had a heart attack and two strokes or a stroke and two heart attacks. attacks, But after whatever combination he had, he got put in a nursing facility too. And she sort of notes that it was like a block away from where her mother was. Oh, Her mother was being placed. Right. That was probably out of all the essays, maybe the saddest. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely some other sad points, like when, um, uh, does she have MS? What does she have? She has Crohn's disease. Crohn's. I think when I looked it up that that also comes with like really bad arthritis. Yeah. Yeah. So she has arthritis. Um, and so there's a scene earlier that I think it's probably the first one that hit me really hard where she's talking to some boyfriend and he's like, oh, I want kids. And she was like. Oh, and he's like, can you even like chase kids around the yard? And she's like, no. But then she like turns it around. She talks about like how she thought she was going to have like an army of like adopted children with this guy and that he was going to leave them and she's going to stick them after him. So it's like a weird like balancing act between like totally heartbreaking and like, like roll on the floor funny, which is interesting. I liked that essay too, because it's sort of like... I thought I was glad how it ended because it's this relationship between two people. It doesn't work and she's really hurt by it, but she still talks about how she's glad that she can be friends with him and she's glad that he can stay in her yeah. life. Yeah, that was a really interesting one. It was sweet. Yeah. It was sweet. That like was... she did have some good friendship essays in here. Um, yeah. Like the one with the two white guys at her college. <laughs> that was oh, I was laughing so, it was so gross. That one was. <laughs> That chapter in the Mavis chapter where she first mentions Mavis were really hard for me to get through because, like, listen, things Danielle does not enjoy bodily fluids or even reading. <laughs> there were a lot. So the first one, um, I, and I, I marked it so I could make sure I said the right name. But um, so she's at college, um, and the whole time when she was oh a Christmas Carol, the whole time when she's describing it, like. That's the name not... of the essay, A Christmas Carol, just so we're Yes, right. the name of the uh, story was A Christmas Carol. I could not not picture Mizzou. Like, everything she was saying <laughs> about it. Too. I pictured Mizzou so hard because it's like a Midwestern college. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, all these kind of farm kids. And I was like, even though, Even though I think SEMO or Northwest Missouri State might be a more accurate comparison. I think Mizzou might be too big. Probably. It's not like she went to like the University of Illinois, but I did have those thoughts because we all know, like, if you went to a Midwestern school, you know, like the kids studying ag, you know, like the frat boy, you know, those people who, right, do they, yeah, right, who sit in who sit in their rooms and like play video games or watch TV instead of going to class, right, and or like everything's s- a little bit run down, yes, <laughs> yes, or say they do both, but you're like, did you really, right? So, so I, she um she has IVS and they're like kind of the sad sacks and like these two like I don't know senior white kids I don't know how she meets these two dudes I think she was like watching wrestling with them I think yeah because they have common interests they both like yeah. they like eating fast food they like watching the same things and, and so they form this they, little like yeah. group and so they're like okay and there's like some really nice passages like that just really took me back like when they're sitting on the beds and all this other stuff that just really took me back to Mizzou. And so at the end, they're like, oh, okay, we're going to drive home for Christmas. And like, they wait like super late. And then by the time they hit the road, it's like, 
you know, totally jammed, a snowstorm. And so she has to shit and she's like trying to hold it in and they're all packed in there with all of their junk. And then at the end, she has, she ends up like taking shit on the side of the road, like into, I think it's like a subway bag or something. Burger King or something while clinging to one of their legs. Like that's just all I remember is that she talks about how she's clinging to one of their legs. And the guy she's clinging to, like, it's hilarious how she describes it. He's like cheering her on, like, (laughs) like a little league coach. He's like, yes, get it, Samantha, go. And the guy who's driving is like about to pass out because he's hyperventilating. I think that was probably my favorite funny chapter because just like, and then it just ends. She's like, yep. Yeah, that's what happened. As we reflect on it, I'm trying to think like, well, what was the point of that essay other than the fact that she went to a Midwestern school? It was just kind of a weird, like dreamy kind of like, yeah, like this is what I was doing because I think she dropped out of college, so it's like Mm -hmm, she dropped out. Um, yeah, it was just like a total like slice of life or moment in time kind of thing. But, whoa, you do not forget it. Like, that is one of the few scenes that's staying in my mind. The other one I think I had mentioned earlier that I couldn't deal with was Mavis, Mavis. which she talks about. Like, um, so Mavis is her. I still don't know. They She mentions being married. I think they are married. Yeah. But I don't know if they were married at the point where she writes Mavis. Yeah, no, I don't don't think they were. But um, it's just talking about how their sex relationship is. And, like, this time they attempt to try a strap-on. And, like... That it's the strap on part wasn't that bad. There were just details that Danielle could have been just fine without reading. Yeah. Again, like it is very. I, I don't it's like very deadpan. I don't. I don't like body fluids. It was. <laughs> it went into a lot of details. Kind of raunchy, and I was like, that one kind of made me like. I don't like this book, but luckily, <laughs> we moved past it. I I like when she was um because this I I think this is her first lesbian like relationship. I, I don't know, but it, it the way the book is set up, it makes it seem like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's like her kind of learning, like, about her own sexuality and her partner's sexuality, like, later in life after she's dealt with all the fuckboys and stuff. So she's talking about oral sex, and it's so funny because she's so, like, she has the patience of, like, just a middle-aged black woman, like, okay, I guess <laughs> I got to get this angle right. <laughs> But it is, it is, it, it's not like graphic, graphic, like, oh my God, but it's just very like, no, unadorned. And I have, yeah, I have my own very particular neuroses that I've seriously thought like, well, maybe I should see someone about that. But like, I don't Body even like sweaty, yeah, I don't even like sweaty people talk, touching me. Uh-huh. So like reading, <laughs> I reading can see about how this would make you, because this was like. This was not flowery. It was not like illusions. It was very much like, which again, this I, is where this goes. This yeah. is where that goes. <laughs> which again, I couldn't could have dealt with had it not had so much fluids. Um, but right after that is my other favorite chapter, which is "Fuck It, Bitch, Just Stay Fat." I think I'm messing that title up. It's something along those lines. It's oh yeah, "Fuck It, Bitch, Fuck Stay it, Fat, bitch, Stay Fat." And yeah. she sort of talks about like her experiences with her weight and her diet. She actually. And I mean, I don't know her. I can't. And I'm just going off one chapter in a book. She seems to not be, um, I don't want to say not bothered by her weight, but like the point of her changing her habits had very little to do with her weight and more just to like sort of make life easier dealing with her disease. Yeah. Because she does have a gastrointestinal disease. And so she, and she wants to do things to help her joints sort of 
take stress off her joints. So she tries different exercise and dieting <laughs> things. My favorite of which is she talks about how she tries to, um, she joins a yoga group for pregnant women. <laughs> yeah. And she likes it because she can fit in because they all have trouble getting up off the ground. Right. And no one's going to ask her if she's pregnant or not. And then she had to stop though, because I think she was worried about getting outed as not pregnant. Yeah. Oh, and I like she's having like all these text conversations with like the Russian, the Russian. And she, so the, that part, if you're going to listen to a part of her read like this back and forth when she's talking about like she ate a lean cuisine with the Russian and it's just like dot, dot, dot. OK, <laughs> like, I ate a donut. OK, I dot, ate two dots. Dot. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Like she says it like that. It's pretty funny. And then at the end, I think she's like, oh, I did Zumba. And the Russian is oh, like, oh, that's my that? favorite. That was my favorite. Oh, me. I'm into Zumba. I was looking for this, so I'm going to read it because oh, I knew you want we to do go. the Ru- me and I'll do the Russian. OK. 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 Me. I'm into Zumba now. It's super fun. What is that? Something you eat. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Sounds fattening. Whatever it is. I hate you. And that, like, <laughs> That was the best part. Like, what is that? Something you eat? Like, can I just, can I be yeah. happy? Because it's, it's a good climax because she does all these different things. Like, she tries the yoga. She tries water. Oh, what is oh, it? Oh, the, uh, the senior people. water aerobics. Yeah. And it's like, all these things aren't fitting. And then she finally finds Zumba and she thinks like, oh, I'm going to be out of place. Like, it's going to be all these hard bods or hot bods or whatever. And then she gets in there and I like her affinity for calling people like your aunt, your mom. Yes. So she's like, your aunt is in there sweating and, you know, she's. Your mom's wearing her new workout clothes. Right. You know? So she finally finds something that, you know, fits. And then, like, she goes back to the Russian all smug, and the Russian, like, has no idea what it is. I did, like... just, like, I hate you. The Zumba scene had, like, the only line that made me go, ooh, because there's some part where she, like... Like Molly said, she was so worried that it was going to be full of all these fit and toned people, and she shows up to the class, and she's like, I thought thought this class was for really hot people. And then someone turns around, looks at her, and goes, me too. And I was like, damn! (laughs) That was so unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that chapter. And I've also, as someone who has told everyone for the past six months that I'm cutting sugar out of my diet, <laughs> I, I get the struggle to like change your eating habits. I definitely had like six pieces of banana bread today. <laughs> so yeah, sugar's still in my diet, but um, I keep lying to myself and telling everyone. So that chapter was super relatable. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. Um, what was the other one that I really wanted to talk about in the slikes? I did, I did, while you're, if I can jump in, I did like, Uh um, I'm in love and it's boring. That was another one I thought was like really sweet and I thought it was really poignant. So she sort of talks about how, she talks about how the first time, maybe not the first time, but she talks about how she fell in love with this boy named Zach and Mm -hmm. how he was sort of just a disappointment. He never had time for her and she just remembered spending a lot of time in her apartment alone, moping after him and hoping that he would show up. And then she compared it to her relationship now with Mavis and how she doesn't have that how Mavis like how she does little things to remember her and is considerate of her feelings and takes and looks after her and she's like when you're in that other relationship that's bad everything is so dramatic and like she could relate to all those dumb love songs whereas now Mm -hmm. where she's in this happy relationship it's she basically calls it boring and like how like nothing happens and how she doesn't ever have to be on her guard or worry she'll say something wrong and I thought that was kind of like 
I don't I thought that was kind of sweet in a nice way to in a nice refreshing way to sort of talk about it because I do think not not that relationships get or bad relationships get glor- glorified but like the struggle is sort of glorified like yeah. unrequited love and you know winning someone over and all that other stuff sort of gets hyped up as like this is what this is what being in love is and this is what a relationship is whereas the more stable stuff is it's kind of boring and it was kind of nice to read about that yeah yeah that one really hit me like so let's see my boyfriend and i have been together over four years at this point and it's like you know we live together and it's like we see each other in our underwear all the time it's like poots and burps it's just (laughs) it's very like non-dramatic at this point and just kind of reading that like there was a line and I found the two that I liked um uh where she says well I should say I really like the way that she talked about Mavis like especially Mm -hmm. after everyone else how it was just kind of like everything kind of clicked and it made sense and she she just felt like this kind of calmness in her life even Mm -hmm. though it was kind of unremarkable so the two articles that are the two (laughs) essays that I was going to mention are another pair, my bachelorette application, which we could talk about, and then 13 questions to ask before getting married, which is what um, Mavis sends her. And she's kind of like, I think she says it to her as a joke. And she's like, ha ha, fuck you. I'm going to write about it. I'm going (laughs) to answer to the write about it anyway. And I think that's exactly what she said. She's like, ha fuck you, bitch. I'm writing it anyway. (laughs) And so a lot of it is like kind of snarky and funny. But then I like when they say number 12, what do you admire about about me? And what are your pet peeves? And she said, likes, uh, you look real good in a pair of tight ass jeans. You can eat more food than anyone I have ever met. And I'm pretty old. Your laugh um the time you dropped your credit card at a toll booth that was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) you don't stink even though you wear homemade deodorant um you scoop all the cat poops which i think is sick um i asked you to learn all the dance moves in the p diddy and may's um been around the world remix video and dance with them with me and you did and then it's just like i do not enjoy being kissed in the middle of the grocery store (laughs) and it was like it just reminded me so much like just these little mundane things and even the pet peeves are just kind of like okay because frank like okay like mom and dad like turn off he'll like try to touch my butt at the grocery store and i was like stop it because like people are around so it's like just little like weird quirky things are like I was like, oh, I just, I don't know. That that one really got me. 13, 13 questions to ask before getting married. I just really like that one. That one was really cute. And I think that one, along with the bachelorette application, were both written in that same way with that sort of like question and answer. Yeah. Um, I don't watch a lot of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, although I, I do know this season is people are really hyped because there is a black bachelorette. I don't know. Is she the first? I, I think she's the first, like, I think she's the first non-white White. bachelor or bachelorette. Yeah. So I know that's why a lot, because like I see a lot of people talking about it on Twitter and then it's sort of, oh, that's why she's black. So I thought the bachelorette, like high school Danielle loved her some reality TV. Mm-hmm. So I did for a brief period of time get I And the one that I, the question that I want made into a bumper sticker is, do you drink alcoholic beverages? To which she replies in all caps, <laughs> do I? Do I? <laughs> yeah it was hilarious yeah again if you're gonna listen to one of her like what an essay of her reading like this is a very good one. Oh, what ha- oh um how many serious relationships have you been in and how long were they 
that what happens in those relationships is just as irreconcilable differences. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, she does use a lot of caps, but it's like that was the way she, yeah, she, she uses so. a lot of all caps throughout this book. And it's like it's like reading the way someone types. Like yeah. When they text you. Yeah. Or even the way someone speaks, because like even when I'm like looking at this, like I can hear her her saying it again, which I think is an interesting to do to just capture a voice so well. Yeah, so it's it's I it's like really super casual, but it works and I kind of like it, mm-hmm. which is another reason why I sort of probably should have read it, because, again, I was reading it in my super casual voice, <laughs> which I am not a comedy writer. So, no, I mean, I think it it probably works. Read, uh, you know, read to you as well as listened. So um, do you want to talk about some of the broader themes yeah. about the book? Because the book, I think it's interesting. It's a book of essays. It's a collection of essays, but I do feel like you have to read all of them and read them in order to sort yeah. of understand the ones. Like you can't skip around. You yeah. have to read them because they build on each other. Yeah. And things come back. You know, there might be a setup for something way later. They're recurring jokes. So if you're going to read it, definitely read it more like you would like maybe a, a biography book. or something. Yeah. I do. Like I had mentioned this. I mentioned this in our outline. And I think I mentioned this when we did um, There Are More Beautiful Things Than Beyonce when we did the poetry episode. Mm-hmm. I always have these goals to read things that are not just straight fiction. And mm-hmm. I never do. I'm always like. <laughs> I'm always like, I need to read more poetry and I need to read more short stories and I need to read more essays. And then I don't. I just read the same old novels. So I'm really glad we sort of did something new with this one. This one was a new one for us in a whole bunch of ways, both the format. And mm-hmm. I think this is the first book we've written by a black woman that discusses disability. So, yeah, like on the forefront and discusses like sexuality um, mm-hmm. and sexual identity. So I'm really glad because I was just thinking like we're going to get into a rut if we don't start examining other black black female experiences experiences. yeah yeah definitely and i think definitely like this and um probably there are more beautiful things than beyonce even though like they're outside of the norm of what we read are by a wide margin like the most relatable yeah like they're probably like the blackest things we've read yeah like it's a very good encapsulation of what it is like to be a black female in the u.s right in now 2017 yeah yeah so so I, I don't know i was listening to a lot of SZA this morning so and then i i'm gonna re-watch insecure so i can um uh you know get caught up before well i've seen them all but remind myself <laughs> so i feel like it's just like a very like oh yeah this is me time looking at myself on tv everyone else gets to do it why not us you know? exactly so i need to um i need to start the queen sugar I know we're going to do that on our live tweet. I say wait for it until we live tweet it. Well, I want to be prepared. I don't want to be like, I have nothing to say. But maybe. We'll React see. in the moment. You got <laughs> to live in the moment, girl. But yeah. Um, did, you, did we want to... Like, I recommend this book definitely. I think there's nothing... I can't think of any book I could compare it to. It's so unique in just her experiences and the way it's written mm-hmm. that I think that it should be read by a lot of people. I joined her book club, by the way. I know. You sent it to me. You're like, what did you, you said, you phrased it very hilariously. You're like, apart from that time that um, the guy from like, uh, I said, I said like, um, after, after seeing Mario Lopez um, 
because we I, I visited Molly in LA and we were at some mall in like Beverly Hills and I was thinking like after seeing Mario Lopez walking down the street in LA this is the closest I've ever gotten <laughs> Yeah. yeah, this is the closest I've ever gotten to a celebrity. And it was because Samantha Irby approved my request to join her Facebook group. Bitch has got to read. I don't just say it, Samantha. Um, oh, oh, I was also reading her blog. And I think the most recent one, and so at the time we were recording on there, was about um, like just shit she's bought, like health, uh, beauty stuff. Did you read that? No, I haven't read that one. I it's, went to the blog uh, and then I got distracted by the reading club. So that's oh, where yeah. I jumped Well, to. you had a legit reason. But I was just saying, she like said, oh, <laughs> she was talking about like, what is she going to replace Shea Moisture with? Oh, <laughs> yeah. She has, she has two bottles of the Jamaican black castor oil. And, I, and she was like, and I don't know, like after... After, like, that runs out, what do I do? Do I go to something really expensive, but I really want to go to the drugstore? And let me tell you that I have not read something this year that resonated as much because I have those same, that same exact flavor of Shea Moisture in my bathroom right now. And I was like, well, fuck, after this runs out, what the fuck do I do? And then oh, um, people she, are not letting Shea Moisture forget the the shade they, they did that stunt they pulled. Oh my gosh! I will say, oh, if it helps um, you out, I discovered a new YouTube channel uh-huh. called Naturally Curly. Oh yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, they came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, like my whole YouTube feed was naturally naturally curly. They like they have been around for like at least a year, but like now I'm like, what the hell? Why have I not discovered this before? It's, and it's really like, cute. Yeah. It's these two girls. And I can't figure out what size, I can't figure out how big an operation it is because there's the two main girls. There's a girl named Evelyn and there's a girl named Nikki and they seem really close and they do a lot of like the videos, but there's also, there are other staff members who will sometimes pop yeah. in on videos and I, do now things. I think that they are, a website and i feel like i saw them kind of after like curly nikki and them got big mm-hmm. um yeah so they're a website they're i think they were like and i'm doing air quotes right now multicultural but it is like mostly black women yeah okay yeah so this is just their youtube channel this website's youtube channel like i never really read it that much but oh but i their videos are pretty good and it's like them like they'll trade hair hair routines yeah that's pretty funny and so and they do like the watch and review like, oh, yeah. they just do their hair and then like talk about a tv show or I'm something like, i've never had anything so relatable it's like we review the things we we watch while doing our hair because it's, re- it's a yeah doing idea. your hair takes all damn day so. and they have really good chemistry those two i'm not sure their names but i want i like really binge a lot of their episodes last weekend yeah so but i was gonna say because i want to make sure i say this she talked about the um, head and shoulders with like the brown stripe on it with cocoa butter. It's like a co-wash. And I finally fucking found it in the store and it is amazing. So so, so you have a shea butter or shea moisture replacement now? You're yes. Good? When okay. I talk about relatable, I mean like this is real fucking life advice to get my, my edges together. So. Yes. So I think it's, I think we're uh, in agreement. You should definitely read this one. Yeah. So, um, and it's and we're not as sad as we were after reading Beloved. No. A little sad, but not little, as sad. Yeah, I mean, take a break after you read Happy Birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Is there one other? There's one other one where she talks about her mom and like, like what would have happened if she hadn't if her mom had lived and like she hadn't gotten with Mavis and like the kind of spinstery life she could have led. And it's like this weird kind of like 
I don't know. Like, I don't even know. I'm sure. What is it? The Germans have a word for it because it's sad, but also like not sad. I don't know. I'm rambling right now. But she says like her and her mom would be living together and sharing a bed, but she would still have her mom. Yeah. And it's like, that's such a complex thought, you know? I think I'm trying to think. I I'm trying to see if it's I think it's a total I think it's a total attack of the heart. Uh, and it's where she talks about how she had her first panic attack and then it sort of gets into like the whole thing of like being a having to be a strong black woman and then that's where she sort of discusses how her mother i think i could be mixing it up a lot of the themes sort of blur together after a while yeah because it it is more more like an autobiography than no that's essays yeah that's not it that one just talks about mental health but i will say that one was a good one because it does talk about like the stigma she sort of felt in being a black woman and having to deal with mental health issues because she does also have depression. Yeah. Can um, I say, because this is like my favorite line in the whole book is actually from that essay. Uh-huh. It's right at the end. And she says, um, uh, do black girls ever even get to be depressed? Um, if I ever have more than $37 in my pocket, I'm going to open a school for girls with bad attitudes where we basically talk to therapists all day we're we- while wearing soft pants and occasionally taking field trips to the nearest elote cart. And if that doesn't work, I'll just tell some more stupid jokes. Good things I'm hilarious. Yes. Like, oh, if that's not like the black experience right now, you know. Yeah, and that's a callback because earlier in that same essay, people told her, how can you be depressed? You're so funny. Right. What the hell? Yeah. Right. But yeah, okay, so yeah. But no, yeah, that is a really, the whole mental health one, there's just so many little moments in the book, and like the more we dig into it, yeah, we could them. talk about it for hours and hours. Um, this would be a neat sort of like Issa Rae's, um, and like this would be a neat series to do, like just sort so. of like adventures in Chicago. I also like that it takes place in Chicago. Yeah, like in the Midwest and not in New York or LA. No offense, New York or LA, but it, it feels very Midwestern. Oh yeah. my god, I forgot my very favorite essay is like a case for staying indoors. Oh, like <laughs> number one, that is my favorite essay. <laughs> Oh, uh, I thought you were going to talk about the Civil War one because that was a very Midwestern thing too, where they yeah. stumble upon the Civil War and actors. But no, the case for staying inside, that and like, fuck it, bitch, stay fat. Like those could be like Danielle's guide to being Danielle. Yeah, like that <laughs> felt like one hundred percent like because you know I live in SoCal now and it's very much like let's go hiking and I'm like, but there are bugs outside and all my stuff is inside so it was just like so refreshing to be like yo it's hot out there or it's snowing <laughs> just i don't know that one really 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 was funny to me well considering how disgustingly hot it is outdoors it was <laughs> so appropriate i hate summer like there is nothing about summer I like. I don't understand why people get excited about summer. Like, and there's nothing enjoyable at all. I don't like bugs. I don't like swimming. I don't like sweating. I don't like when other people do any of those activities. I don't like it when I'm in too enclosed a space and I can smell other people's sweat. Like, I hate everything about summer. I like fall in layers. See, summer is my favorite season. Oh no, I am the opposite. So that one was that one really hit home because it's like why deal with other people there's something where she's talking about like why would you want to go out and deal with other people's like unshaved armpits or something she says something really like really vividly gra- like not graph not graphic as in bad but like a really vivid detail and i was like that's it someone's finally put together 
the string of words that describes <laughs> how much I hate being outside. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just like, I don't know. I just think of sweat and I'm like, yep, that's it. Yeah. So yes, it or like, but if you don't want to do crazy shit, like wear sleeveless shirts <laughs> or enjoy close <laughs> proximity to actively sweating strangers. So I just, yeah, that was me. Yeah. In this episode, we learned that Danielle just hates other people's, like, moisture. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Um, we learned something about ourselves each episode, I think. <laughs> and you know what? Like, I had that incident after that date where I was like, you know what? This is me now. I'm just going to be more comfortable with it and not apologize. I don't what <laughs> I don't like strangers sweating or spitting on me. Right. I mean, and I don't need to explain it to anybody. <laughs> right. It's like, if you're ashy... <laughs> If your lips are ashy, I don't want you near me. And I think yeah. that's a sane thing to say. Yeah. Or overly slobbery, which was the case slobbery. I had to deal with. Yeah. So. See, and I know you said that he was slobbery, but in my brain, I kept thinking, like, ashy. <laughs> it was just not a good comment. And also a stranger. So it doesn't right. matter. Like, we can't even be sure because I barely knew dude. So. Right. Though he did say he listened. So if it was for real and not just a fucking pickup line then he it was a pickup line Fuck it probably guy. was <laughs> i mean i i do i'm really happy we are growing but i don't think yeah. we're growing that random strangers in st louis are listening to it i mean i don't think it's like the read where people are like <laughs> i heard this person and i knew they were talking about me i don't think we're there quite yet but yeah um, Anyways, if we could segue any- though, we did yeah. make a listicle and we, we have three reviews on iTunes now. We have three? Yes, by <laughs> Pure saw- Josie, Mocha Girl in Georgia, and Alicia Allen. Shout out to all of you all. We really yes. appreciate Thank it. You so. So Thank like, you so much. Like, that helps us so much. Like, yeah. Just get recognized and let more people hear our, like, just ramblings. But people <laughs> find us funny, so. <laughs> Which is the biggest surprise. Yeah, (laughs) which is the biggest surprise. Because if I were to describe myself using words, I never would have used funny. I would have just been like, I I make, sometimes I make insightful observations. You're one of the funniest people I know. And that's always been like the truth. Like that's how I, like we first got to know each other. Because you were talking about that person who rubbed the lobster all over the walls. And you were just saying it in a way that was just so deadpan. And I was like on the floor. I was... (laughs) I don't like, even remember this had, story. I know this was a Mizzou thing. Yes, and it had to have been, what, eight, nine, ten years ago? It had to have been about ten years ago. It now. would have had to be because I would have been my a junior. I, I just still remember it. How, what like, happened? Such, it I need you to like, remind me. <laughs> so we were at Stafford, and you were the RA, and like someone like bought a lobster from the tank because they wanted to cook it, but then they couldn't bring themselves to kill it. Um, <laughs> and it was like kind of like their little pet. But then for whatever reason, well, I mean, not for whatever reason, it died because they weren't feeding it. And then the person like, right, started like throwing it up and down the hallway and rubbing it on the walls and shit. (laughs) Like, you're like, I don't know how to deal with that. (laughs) I don't. Or the meth or the White Castles or the the setting fire to boxes and playing a mandolin. All the things that actually happened. Like, did you read did you read that article about enrollment at Mizzou being way down? Oh, they, okay. I would like to take this time to speak on that as someone who attended the University of Missouri. So yeah, if you didn't Uh hear, our alma mater made the New York Times because apparently their Mm -hmm. enrollment dropped so much after the uh, protests on campus. I'm going to hear, I'm here to officially say that's BS. Right. (laughs) First of all, their enrollment numbers were artificially inflated. 
Uh-huh. Because we were, Mizzou was number one for like a week in football. And let me tell you, when their admissions office, they took full advantage. They pulled like the biggest class ever. They had a class so big that they could not house all of them on campus. They had to actually rent out apartments off campus, put these kids in these off campus apartments. Like these are just regular apartments Which that they bought. Sucked. From, like, because I knew some people, I had some family members who ended up in those apartments and it w- it just sucked. Yeah, they were just apartments that they just rented uh-huh. the entire building. Because the older classmen, right, the older classmen, the upperclassmen were there and they're trying to like fuck and drink and stuff. And then you have yeah. like these 18 year olds who are like, ah, you can't get to <laughs> campus on time. Yeah. It was a shit show. Yeah. So their numbers were already super high. And then that combined with the fact that you know, nationally, all enrollment numbers are going down because there are fewer high school graduates. And then on top of that, yeah, maybe the protests did have something to do with it. But it's but not you like... know what? I think probably more so it was that people are fucking carving swastikas and hanging nooses from people's doors. Probably. I'm not even talking about the shit swastika that happened, like, you know, that they're referencing there. I'm talking about when we were there, like that shit was happening. Yeah. Like racist they- shit was happening. You couldn't go down to like Greek town and shit because they'd be like, oh, they're going to rape you. They're going to jump you. And it's like, what the fuck is going on at this school? I yeah. think probably because they're like, oh, enrollment and black students is way down, probably because of the protests. I'm like, no, it's probably because people are getting fucking harassed and scared and people are telling them, don't send your kids, don't send my little cousin, don't send my little sister to Mizzou because it is fucked up there right now. Yeah, I think that probably has more to do with it than protests. Yeah. Well, because I worked at a place that had on-campus protests and like we, there was a bit of a dip, mm-hmm. but we didn't make the front well not the front page we didn't make the new york times right and you are right and protests are part of college campus so yeah true and like the whole time we were there it was like every single year for about maybe six years biggest incoming class biggest incoming class and i think it just caught up with them yeah that was gonna that was gonna crash eventually because yeah so it was it was unsustainable they grew they had like this big bubble and they did not really have the marketing power, I think, to maintain it. Because that was just because of football, and then they switched conferences, and then we started sucking. Right. So. And probably KU is sitting over there like, ha, 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 I told you, bitch. <laughs> I can't hate KU because they literally saved my life. When you were so, a baby? Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. I was born at a KU teaching hospital, and my mom, like, my mom will very casually say, you better be glad you were born there, because if you were born somewhere else, you would have been dead. And I'm like, thanks, well. Right. So apparently, and I she probably—I shouldn't say it, but I—I'm thinking of because, like, that's the joke in Kansas City. I'm thinking of the hospital that she was probably thinking of <laughs> on the Missouri side. <laughs> on the Missouri side, yes, yes. And um, uh, you, you and I are probably both thinking of the same one. One time, I remember my great aunt was there with my mom, and like someone started a fight in the <laughs> like in the waiting room. My mom had to grab my great aunt and my aunt, and they had to like duck and roll out the door of this fucking hospital <laughs> like we always say well if it was there and my mom went to that hospital when she was a kid it's like across from a um cemetery and the doctor would point out he's like if you don't do what i say you're going oh my to be god next. when i say mizzou missouri is like a different kind of place <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i didn't <laughs> pointing at the cemetery but yeah so yeah i okay you my life so i can only get so far into the rivalry Mm-hmm. I do think it's super petty that they won't play us anymore. Right. Just because we switch conferences. Right. I mean, 
I like, guess that's their prerogative. <laughs> I guess so too, but like, it's so petty. It is so. Petty. I mean, well, that whole rivalry is petty. Like, did you hear? Like, I heard that there are coaches who, like, when they take the bus to play Mizzou, they will not buy gas from a Missouri <laughs> gas station. They will make sure that they fuel up on the Kansas side and wow. then drive in. Yeah. And I'm like, that. that's petty. I mean, and people always say to me, they when I moved out here, they said, oh, my Missouri stories. But this shit is so real, especially like, in Kansas City. It's so real. It's life. It's life. Yeah, like, I think it's all the corn or like all the open spaces. I think so. It just starts just to get time. to you. Everyone's inside under the AC, just waiting and getting mad. Like everyone, I think that's the biggest thing about the Midwest. And we need to have, I think, the, the Missouri episode. But I think the biggest <sighs> misconception is that people are, oh, they're so friendly. And it's like, no. They're angry kinda, and paranoid. They're angry and paranoid, but it's like this under the surface kind of like seething rage that never quite goes away. I remember, like, when Molly first moved out, she kept talking about how, like, everyone was so chill. And, like, you sounded really, like, culture Paranoid. Yeah. I was like, why is why are people, like, coming up to me and saying hello? Like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> because, so. like, people confuse the Midwest sometimes with the South. And we're not the South. And my boyfriend says that all the time. He's like, well, and I took a BuzzFeed quiz. It was like, I took two. One was, if you've eaten all these foods, you're from the Midwest. <laughs> right? If you've eaten all these foods, you're from the South. So, of course, I'd eat it every single one from the South, but the Midwest one didn't even have any fucking barbecue on it. So I was like, this test is illegitimate. And then they said, oh, um, puppy chow. And then they put in parentheses, muddy buddies. And I was like, if you can't even get the name right, if you're going to waffle on the name, then this is not a test about Midwestern food. So I got very low on that one. I do also think that Missouri is like this weird, like freak of a state in that some parts of it are influenced by the South and then some parts of it are also Midwest. Cause like, we're not as Midwest as like Midwestern as like Iowa or Nebraska. Right. Right. Or like Minnesota, like that's, or even Kansas, that's true Midwest, but we're also right. not Southern, but we're close enough to Ar- I don't know. Like we we're close enough to Arkansas that I sort of feel like when you get down there, it's like the boot Hill. Right. Like we knew people southern. from, what was it? Frankenstein, Missouri. That's right. Frankenstein, Missouri. Which so is a real it's place. Like- yeah yeah so and you know there's like a sugar creek near kansas city like it, it's it's definitely like a weird hybrid of a state but and there are some accents because i remember we were driving my sister down to her college orientation this must have been 10 years ago and like a highway patrolman needed to lead people off the highway and i remember asking him for directions and his missouri drawl was so thick did you I have like, to Damn. in high school watch that video about the missouri state constitution where the guy was like the Missouri State <laughs> Constitution. No, like, we oh. did have to take the test, though. They just didn't show us a video. Uh, they made us read a packet. It's part of like a high school requirement is you have to pass the Missouri Constitution. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't remember anything else about the Missouri Constitution. The only thing I remember is that the two legislative bodies together are called the General Assembly. All That's I remember it. is that guy's draw. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So... Oh, we got off topic. I think I we don't will know have... how we always get onto Missouri, but I guess that's how it's affected us. That's true. I mean, we're Missouri through and through. Like, you know, the place you're from, I think, affects you, even though we were both technically born in Kansas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I cheated. 
It is a really big hassle though, because every time I needed any kind of document, I couldn't you have just to go, to go Kansas. down. Yeah, I couldn't go to the local office. I had to like write the state of Kansas, even though right. I had no connection to that place whatsoever, other right. than the fact that I got born on the other side of a highway. I think it is. I think this is a good transition though, because we are talking about. Um, so we're getting closer. I think our first year anniversary, our first year birthday is next month. Yeah, um, the twenty sixth to be exact. Yes. So we're, we have some things in store, which we're going to talk about, but there's some more kind of in the air ideas right now. And we've been talking about how to get Danielle a new microphone so she doesn't have to sit in her closet. And um, yeah, we're floating the idea of doing maybe a couple paid episodes every year. Um, There are some things like maybe a theme song, maybe a new logo that are in the works, but all this shit costs money. So if there's a topic that you really want to hear and maybe it's a little, you know, more off topic like the Missouri episode. um, Yeah, let us know because we're we're trying to gauge interest right now and really trying to see how how to make this grow and take black chiclet to the next level. Yeah, we're not trying to get rich. We're just trying to help it sustain itself. I'm just trying to pay this bill for this for this graphic designer. Which wasn't even that expensive, but uh, it wasn't. yeah. <laughs> and so, and like, basically, the more support we get, the longer we'll be able to do it. So, because mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. are gonna have to, I forgot, we're gonna have to deal with hosting soon. Yes. So. <laughs> but <laughs> who but yeah. knew we would get to this point? <laughs> I know. I like every time I think about, it, I was like, oh my gosh, a year, like a year later, we've got almost a thousand followers. I know. We've got engaged followers. Yeah. And we're doing collaborations. Speaking and we're on, like, of episode which, twenty, I know. I know. It's crazy. Um, do you want to announce the winner of the poll? I mean, we announced it on Twitter, but you know, we want to give a shout out to. Yeah. So. We are technically Mocha Girls Read hosted. They very kindly hosted a giveaway in conjunction with like our birthday. It was yeah. really awesome of them. So can you just like, thank you to can them. I ask something? Can you just get on Twitter if you're listening and just thank them for yeah. like taking us under their wing because they've been so supportive, so supportive yeah. of us. But um, in conjunction, they hosted a giveaway where they gave away a copy of Queen Sugar, a book, our first, our first read and the tv show we're gonna watch as part of our live tweet event mm-hmm. and the winner was sherelle frequent Yay! commenter on our bonus I, episode i was so excited yeah, yeah alicia Alyssa. i'm sorry please pronounce you know tell me if i'm mispronouncing your name um but she was like do you have a follower named sherelle and i was like oh, we, yes, do. we do <laughs> yes so sherelle at sherelle liam won our giveaway so mm-hmm. i was really excited i was just really excited that i was someone who actively listens yeah and engages and takes part because that's sort of was the spirit of the giveaway yeah so but yeah so we they will be joining us alicia i believe or alicia it's i think mispronouncing names is is equally a big tradition on this show as anything else um they're gonna join us on our next bonus episode yes and Um. so i think we haven't really figured out what we're gonna talk about yet i think we're just gonna try maybe we're gonna talk about the book a bit uh-huh. And then we'll see where the conversation goes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure we're going to ask her about. So if you don't know, Mocha Girl Reads is this. Um, uh, it's like a collaborative of um, book clubs ac- across the country. So they're all under the same name. They have hosts in different cities and they get together monthly to read the same book. And um, 
you know, just have a good time being black. Like she describes the way it started. It's so hilarious about the read and like going to this like fancy lady's house. And I'm sure like we'll ask her about it because she tells it much better than I can. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't um, heard of them, go check them out um, because she will be on our next bonus episode. I think we are going to have a question too, um, just because that's tradition. Yes. They're also on um, a Facebook they have a Facebook group. Right. I'm in a Goodreads group. I think I'm in both, although I'm more active on the Facebook one than the Goodreads one. I don't know why I join groups on Goodreads because I am the most unsocial <laughs> person on that platform ever. Like, I, I'm terrible at it. I think it's mar- partially their fault because they don't have a really good notification system to uh... let you know, like, when communities are popping. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, But yes, we will have a bonus question. I sort of got to thinking... So I've really been embracing Overdrive lately. I go through these cycles where like, I love Overdrive and it's my favorite thing. Um, and I want to know, how do our readers get the books that they read? Do you buy them new? Do you buy them used? Do you only visit the library? Because I talked to a few people who are like, I refuse to buy new books. I will only get them if they're available to the library. Mm-hmm. Um, or do you maybe get them through less legal means? <laughs> Feel free to protect your identification. But yeah, we want to know what is your preferred, like how do you get the books you read and where mm-hmm. do you access them? So, mm-hmm. And if really you have excited. anything about Queen Sugar that you want to sh- say to you, this would be the time. Yes. The book, so, because I'm sure we'll talk about the book. Yeah. How do you get your so. books? And then any extra Queen thoughts Sugar. about Queen Sugar you want to send. We'll do a or, separate tweet for each of them. You know what? Any questions that you might have for Mocha Girl Reads? It'll be a really big episode. I think we'll it'll be a and, little bit longer bonus yeah. episode. We'll, we'll tackle. Well, because the question is tradition. Uh-huh. But yeah. But then if you have anything to ask about the book or our special guest, that's also welcome know. too. Yeah. Whatever you want to say. If you just want to say hi, that's cool too. So. All right. This was a great conversation. I think uh, so. I love this book. Um, what do what have you read recently, or what okay. are you currently reading? So I recently finished, and I can't remember if I said this in the last one or not, but I recently finished um, Dolores Claiborne. Did that I say sounds, that in the last one? It sounds familiar. What's the? It's a Stephen it? King book, similar to um, uh, Misery it sounds familiar and i don't yeah. know if you said it on the recording or if like we were just talking yeah <laughs> it. that also blurs together right everything blurs together um so i read that and then um my secret shame i reread um the first uh game of thrones um the first <laughs> song by sapphire because it's coming back this week and i was like you know what it's been kind of a stressful week and i just want to hear about some people smacking each other with swords so those are the two books i've read I need to read that one. I checked it out uh-huh. on, um, I made the mistake of checking out the audiobook on Overdrive. I'm oh. like, that's like a 30 hour audiobook, and I'm a slow audio reader, whatever you, audio listener to begin with. So I ended up not I, finishing it. I think the guy's name is Dotrice. Um, it is definitely, I talked about it, it's an acquired taste. So <laughs> if you already have a low tolerance for audiobook shenanigans, I would, I would steer you away okay from that one yeah but yes it, it's it's a surprisingly good book so those are the two that i've read yeah my audio book shenanigans threshold is pretty low <laughs> i actually went through a lot this week which oh. is sad because it took me longer to read this one like i should have been reading we are never meeting in real life and then i would read other things so womp womp. 
Um, I read the first book of The Gunslinger by Stephen King because that's going to be a movie with Mr. Idris Elba. Uh huh. It was interesting. The first book, I think. So from what I read, Stephen King wrote this book as a way to sort of unite five different short stories. And you can kind of tell, like, there is really nothing drawing them all together. Mm. It's just, like, the main, the character of the gunslinger remains consistent. And there's some background information that connects all of them. But the book itself is just him running into different people and going after the man in black. And it sort of feels a bit disjointed. Mm. But I'm curious enough to try the second one. So I am currently working on the second one. I have it as both. I checked it out from Overdrive as both an audiobook and the like ebook. Mm. I don't think I'm gonna stick with the audiobook because the narrator on the audiobook is doing the most. He Who is. is the narrator on that? Oh, he is so into it. Let me see. Um Gunslinger 2. Uh audiobook. I think it's Frank. The first name is Frank something. Hold on. Uh we usually save all this Googling for the bonus. Frank Frank Muller. M-U-L-L-E-R. And like, I don't know, he's really into it. And it's a little, and it's like kind of distracting because there's already a lot of craziness happening and that it's like a sci-fi book that takes, a sci-fi book that takes place in like this made up universe. universe. Mm -hmm. So I'm already trying to like orient myself and like Mm -hmm. his, his voices don't really help. Mm. And then because I'm still, I guess, trying to convince myself to give YA a chance, (laughs) I read everything, everything, and two people on Twitter, Robin Piazzo, um, every our Robin who follows us, and uh-huh. then um, oh, there was there was somebody else who follows us, who um, both said like I'd be interested in your thoughts, and my <laughs> thoughts are I think I'm done with YA. See, <laughs> but you keep saying it, and then you keep going back. I don't know, like. Because everybody makes everything sound so good. And I'm like, this looks amazing. And then I read it and I'm like, what is everyone talking about? So I go back to see like, what did I miss? What did I miss that made me think that that I did not enjoy it? And I don't know what happened. You got to be like me, Danielle. I don't quite understand what teens do. <laughs> I so I stay away from them. Just like they stay away from me. <laughs> it's like a bee, you know? <laughs> Like, just leave each other alone. It was Tammy Jones. Tammy Jones and Robin. And the book is, I don't know, if you don't, I have to complain about this. So if you care about spoilers for everything, everything, maybe just stop listening for the next two minutes. I promise I'll keep it to two minutes. But basically what the book is, there's this character, she's 18 years old, and she has lived her whole life indoors because she's been diagnosed with this disease called SCID, which is some kind of immune deficiency disorder that basically equals out to her not having any immune system whatsoever so she's been locked in her house for 18 years and then this boy moves in next door and he's the cliche ya he's boy love dreamy. interest he's dreamy he only wears black he has like floppy hair and it's like are we doing this but then they start their little love affair through like instant messenger and uh and this really irresponsible nurse who lets him come into the house and then she like has this moment where she's like, what's the point of living if you don't live? And she runs away with this boy and they go to Hawaii. And we spend way too many chapters in Hawaii as they swim. Can I ask a question? How do they uh-huh. get to Hawaii? She buys an airplane. Okay. I'm trying to get to Hawaii. I didn't have money. I thought like having 50 bucks in my pocket. <laughs> I could have lived off of 50 bucks as a teen for like, I'd have been queen of the world if I had 50 bucks in my pocket. So how the fuck did they get a ticket to Hawaii? <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I have no idea because- 
She's 18. She applies for a credit card, gets it. But I'm like, first of all, you need an ID to get on a plane nowadays. Mm-hmm. You haven't left your house. How did, mm-hmm. how did you get the ID? I really don't yeah. understand how she got a credit card with a credit limit big enough to let her get a hotel, airplane tickets, and whatever else she needed for Hawaii. Yeah. But the thing is, as like in one of the chapters that she's like trying to get her own dependent, she applies for a credit card and she gets a credit card. So that's how she funds it. Hmm. But yeah, they go to Hawaii, they have sex and they blah, blah, blah. She gets sick and she comes back home. And then you discover with like 20% of the book left that her mother made up the disease, made up the diagnosis, not the disease, but the mother, she never officially got diagnosed with the disease Hmm. and that she's not sick and that she has been imprisoned in her own house by her mother for 18 years for really no good reason. And then the book sort of ends. <laughs> like she goes to New York to meet to meet love interest again. And that's that's it. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's your story right there. The anger, like they sort of hint about the anger she feels at her mother and how she can't forgive her. And she sort of hints about how she had her whole childhood stolen for her from her with this yeah, that's fake heavy. diagnosis. Yeah. I mean, I no. feel like they wrote a book about this and I feel like it's called Room. And yes. I feel like it was very dark. Yeah. It's like Room if you added a YA romance to it. Which, who's asking for that? <laughs> My thing is, look, you, these are two separate stories. You can't tell them both. You either tell the one where she has the disease and she either sacrifices her health to hang out with this boy or she gives him up. Or she and, loves herself enough to want to live. Yeah. Or you have a book where this woman was lied to for 18 years. She just discovered it and now she's going out to live life. Like, you can't. I think that that would have been a good book. Like, yeah, oh you, man, I'm out here. It, it would have been Kimmy Schmidt. Is that what? Kimmy Schmidt, right? I don't know. I haven't seen that series. But my thing is, like, you can't take a half of each of those stories and jam them together to one story. They're two separate stories. Yeah. And she, like, took, a, she took like, the beginning of the sick one and then the end. What? I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's one or the other. Either she's sick and she can't leave or she's not sick and she just is really, really sheltered and she needs to get out. Yeah. I don't like this cop out where she hasn't been sick. And her mother's just because that's a lot of you could explore a lot of things. You can explore the mother's mental health, why she did yeah. it. You could explore whether or not she'll forgive her. You could explore her dating for the first time, her driving for the first time. There's a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. So this is why I'm generally unsatisfied with YA because they tend just to like take the easy way out and like mm-hmm. they don't have to. I will say I do respect when we read the hate you give. Mm-hmm. It dealt with some pretty serious topics, and I think it, it dealt did. with them pretty well. It didn't try to cop out like yeah. I really respect the fact that she and that Haley, whatever, <laughs> weren't friends at the end. Like, you know what? Hard things happen and sometimes you have to let poisonous people go. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. That was a really unnecessary YA rant, but. That is okay. Send your hate responses to. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to at um, Danny underscore Lacey on Twitter. No, I mean, you know, we listen, I, before you respond, listen to the YA episode and we'll talk about how some things are okay being for kids and not for adults. And I feel like YA is one. And if you are an adult who likes YA, that's cool too. Like some oh, things yeah. are just not for everybody. Yeah, I know. I get why people like YA and I'm not like that snobby slate writer who's like, <laughs> if you're an adult who reads YA, you should be embarrassed. It's like, eh, F you. Let people read what they want. Right. I just, every time I read it, I'm like, this is so unsatisfying. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, so no. But yeah, I'm done. I read everything, everything, and I'm reading Gunslinger too. <laughs> That's all I really <laughs> needed to say. But Alrighty. Are, we, um, 
Do we say mm-hmm. our next read? We picked our next read. We yeah, could just we'll say it say... now. People want a head start, or we could. I guess so. Yeah, so we're gonna read Hunger, but it will be a month from now. Yes. So you have time to read it now. I read that book. Okay, I read that book before I read this. This. Oh, one. really? Yes. I read the book. Don't in like save two it. Days. Save it. Save it. Yeah. Save it. So it was I haven't really read good. it yet. Okay. <laughs> I think that's it. As always, be like, um, be like Josie. Be like pure Josie, Mocha Girl, and GA, and Alicia Allen, and rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Please do. Yep. We're hungry for your upvotes. <laughs> and we we just like positive reinforcement. We do. Yeah. So. That's why I take so many BuzzFeed quizzes and I'm like, <laughs> you're great. Like, give us some market research and we'll tell you you're great. I'm like, all right, BuzzFeed. Some of them are getting ridiculous. I did the one that's like, plan your, like, pick your dream affair and we'll tell you when you'll fall in love. So I was like, <laughs> what's the science behind this? I want to know what your methodology is. It's like pick six generic items at the grocery store from this brand that you love the most and would spend money on. And we'll tell you which color you are. Now that you point it out is really, really, really obvious exactly what they're doing. But I never thought about it before. (laughs) Um, But my favorite are like, can you spend $750 at Forever 21? I am a fucking (laughs) beast at those i'm, I'm so at those. good at those i come way 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 under it's like uh, i can look at something and tell whether or not it's affordable the I only one i budget. didn't even try was anthropology because i was like i am too broke to shop there oh so yeah, I don't know I the price yeah but any of those grocery store ones i fucking nail it there's also something like it's just like having a shopping spree without yeah feeling like you're putting stuff into your cart or whatever without that like regret like six days later when it actually comes well i don't know i've always and i realize this about myself and it's helped me save a lot of money i like shopping more than i like buying things and getting them yeah so i would rather like go and research a whole bunch of couches i might potentially buy and then once i actually buy it i'll probably be bored with it and hate it yeah so that's just me that's life in our capitalist society Exactly. But anyway, we got off track again. We are um, on Twitter at Black Chick Lit. And we are also on Instagram at BCL Podcast. And we yeah. have a website at blackchicklit.com. Yeah, so stop by, say hi, answer the bonus questions. Um, and we'll see you on the flip side. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.